Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Holtcast. Jack Grimsey alongside Robert Lintot, as always, for 7500toholt.com, bringing you the latest in Aston Villa. Coming off a 3-3 draw against QPR. Must have been a crazy game to watch if you've been awesome. I mean, it was it was crazy for everyone, but um, just a point, Robert. Yeah, and a point that, uh, God, the late heroics make it feel like a good point. But then when you step back and you look at it, boy, that sucks. Yeah, it really was a must win, but I think rescuing that point was important just because if not, uh, QPR would have jumped us. Yeah, absolutely. It does keep that little buffer zone between us and QPR. But, um, you know, my instant gut reaction was, oh, thank God we got a point. But that's only because we went down. If we hadn't, and, you know, if that had, if it had been 3-3 at halftime and we'd just gotten a point, I would have been furious. So, uh, boy, ugh. And it was it was terrible defending. Oh God, yes, from both teams, just absolutely shambolic defending. Yeah, QPR. They only had five shots on target, and three of them went in. Yeah, um, you know, RJ pointed out in his player ratings on the site this week that maybe it's time to drop Guzan in favor of Shea Given, and you know, Guzan hasn't been bad this year, but the past two matches he's looked pretty darn rough, and letting six goals passed in two matches is. Not a good sign. Um, I'm starting to wonder if maybe Given should be given a chance. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking because I feel like in couple the couple years past when we've been battling relegation, Guzan's come up with some huge saves and just if he would have, I don't know, if he would have even been able to save one of those that went in and we pulled out the win, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And there were a few that he should have saved. I mean, the last one went right through his legs. There's no excuse for that. Yeah, and the... The first goal, Matty Phillips' goal, I mean, Bakuna heads it to the middle of the box. Very stupid. One of the stupidest things I saw in a while until Richardson and Sanchez got burned on the last goal. Yeah, absolutely. It was just... Yeah, it's. I'm, I'm irritated that Guzan let three in, but it's hard to be too mad because his defense was such a shambles in front of him. Yeah, like uh, Clark and Vlar, they weren't... I don't know, they weren't good. And no, there's no chemistry there, which is really weird. Exactly. I mean, uh, I think even if, if Flar is better than Akora, sure, maybe he is and more experienced, but I think the chemistry that they have just from, from working together, Clark and Akora, for so much of the season. Even, yeah, even Akora's been poor, a little poorer than he had been lately, but... Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it was not a good showing. Maybe Vlar and Baker would have been a better choice. Maybe you'll use your center backs as a unit rather than as individual players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just switch the pairings if you're going to yeah. switch them. Um, I mean, Vlar and Baker, I feel like, would be an interesting pair to see. Um, I th- and I think they could do well. Yeah, and we've, we've, seen them, we've seen them before. Yeah, especially against, say, like a Tottenham this weekend. I think Vlar and Baker could use sort of that experience to just bunker down and play really solid defense. Or, yeah, or maybe against two physical strikers like Charlie Austin and Bobby Zamora. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, they are more physical players. Although, that said, uh, Akora is sort of a beast, and Clark has grown into his his sort of captaincy of the defense. Yeah, but nobody attacks headers like Baker. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Much to Baker's detriment, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't wonder why he has had a lot of head injuries. But one um, one thing I noticed is that, um, I mean, we, we played the diamond in midfield with Sanchez anchoring and Grealish as a number 10, and Grealish was great. He had 20, 25 out of 27 passes completed. 
I mean, he, he was great. But I think not having a left mid and a right mid to help out the two fullbacks really hurt, especially because Richardson and Bakuna aren't great defenders to begin with. Mm-hmm. They, offer, they offer a lot going forward, sure, but unless you're playing with a back five or a back three with them on the wings, it's, it's tough. And I think if we had Hutton and Sissoko sitting back, I think we would have won. Yeah, but I, in part, I agree. But then the other part of me says I'm not sure if we would have had that play up the wings if we had had Hutton and Sissoko in. Maybe with Hutton's side. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's true. I it, it makes me think if you know something like what QPR ended up using in the second half, if some sort of a three-five-one uh, might be better for Villa, um, or yeah, something along those lines. A three-five-one might work pretty well. Uh, Three, yeah, yeah, three five what three five one one with Grealish behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was doing the math. I'm going three five one doesn't add up. Yeah, we didn't we didn't go down to ten. QPR should have Charlie Austin his his tackle studs into the ankle. We've seen we've seen Delph sent off for that this year. I yeah, mean, I, Alex wrote on the site today that um, maybe it's time to bring in the orange card into football. But I mean, I think I think Austin it could have been. He should have had a yellow when he handballed it in the first half on down in the right wing. He like slapped yeah. the ball. Yeah, pretty egregious uh, handball in there, and and that studs up tackle could have easily been a red. I was intrigued by Alex's idea of an orange card. The idea that you get this like in between card and you have to sit out for fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's it's um, like what a what a yellow card is in rugby. You have to go to the sin bin. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I kind of enjoyed that idea. Um, Like I wrote in the comments, the thought of seeing Aston Villa's power play statistics makes me sad. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I mean, especially if it's just against a striker, they're just going to bunker down for that time. But it it would be interesting in seeing how it could change the momentum of a match. Yeah, but I think tactically, going back to the 3-5-2 rather than the 3-5-1, which I was saying wrong, um... You could do something because Bakuna and Richardson, more Bakuna, uh, actually did provide some help in the attack. You've got now, thank heavens, we have enough healthy defenders that you could have put, you know, an Akorov, Lar, Clark back three, and then just tell your wingbacks essentially, we don't need you back here, right? Go up there and provide that attack because that's all they're doing anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, then it then, becomes like a three, four, one, two. Yeah, or or maybe some maybe keep that diamond shape, except you've got the what would it be Sanchez, maybe Delph and two wingers and uh, Grealish. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, a, a diamond with a dot in the middle, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and uh, I don't know if Villa have the ability to play that very well. They haven't done a lot of or any um, three at the back this year. I think they had the ability to play it last match when we outpossessed QPR. It was like 65-35, and when when QPR and yeah, when they have two at the two up front, having three center backs at the back is the best way to defend that. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what Ramsey saw uh, for for QPR. He saw exactly. that the two at the front could easily be countered uh, with three at the back, and that he was having a lot of problems defensively back there. So he switched things up, and, and that totally like, changed the emphasis of the game. Absolutely, and and we saw those opening five minutes. Uh, you in the game trade comment section, me on Twitter, everyone was saying, "Oh wow, Villa came out for the kill here," and Ramsey saw that and he said, "Okay, screw it, I'll switch things up," and boom, the game just flipped on its side, and QPR suddenly had control. And yeah, Tim because Sherwood Sherwood never did. Yeah, never did anything to respond to that. 
Um, you know, I desperately want to love Tim Sherwood, but I'm starting to see why Spurs fans got so irritated with him. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty clear. And what they'd warned us about is you'll win the games you should, you'll lose the ones that you won't, and but there won't really be any draws. I think, I think this one was one that we really should have won, although judging by the second half, maybe we shouldn't have because, I don't know, QPR, credit to them, they were clinical. But, yeah. I don't know, Villa, Villa should have scored another in the first half, I guess. Yeah, they absolutely should have. Um, and, and some of the finishing problems continue. There was that um, Benteke with the first uh, strike he had that he got called offside for. Yeah. I think it was either before his first goal or just after it. I think it was before because everyone yeah, was – before. Created. That was like only five minutes. I think that was before QPR's goal. Yeah, and he took the shot um, – not knowing that he was offside because he very clearly was, you know, going for the job and missed wildly. It was just yeah. atrocious. And and it's like, this is the kind of finishing that's going to doom us. And Benteke, of course, comes back and covers himself in glory with that hat trick. And so, oh, undoubtedly, new. but still, yeah, he still had a chance even later on to win it. Yeah, absolutely. Chance, but. And Grealish had that chance at goal that you know, came to nothing. And credit to Rob Green there for stopping it, but still. It, we need to be finishing these chances. Yeah. It's patently obvious at this point that Villa are going to be the team in the Premier League that most rue their missed chances. So we need the to team that ends missing. up in the championship because <laughs> hopefully not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we saw a few missed chances against Manchester United too. Um, I know we only briefly wanted to talk about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it happened. The, the it was 3-1. Three one. Three one. We, we knew it was going to be a loss, most likely, 95% likely. But it, I don't know. I think, it, I think it was important that Benteke scored, even if it was a howler by De Gea. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that Manchester United loss, it, was, it wasn't the loss that got me so irritated. It was the way they lost, the way they were totally outplayed, the way Delph made stupid mistakes. Oh, I think I think Bakuna should have been subbed off earlier because, or Hutton should have been subbed off earlier because he was obviously struggling. And Ashley Young's actually a good left winger now again, so mm-hmm. he destroyed him. And then Guzan on the first goal, eh, maybe could have saved it. Rooney was always going to score. Yeah, and absolutely. At the end, the the way the third goal was given up with Delph. Everyone was kind of arguing at the ref, and United played, and then Delph kind of got caught up, and then, I don't know, then United ended up putting it in. And, I mean, Ender Herrera had a great game, two pretty good goals, but just annoying yeah. mostly because of the goal difference, I think, which really could come into play. We're right around there with Sunderland. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of problems right now, um, and and it's tough to see – much changing really with the way Tim has been playing. But at least we've been scoring goals. Tim's got us to score. Yeah, and and like you mentioned in a text message to me the other day, we're only one goal behind Sunderland now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's... up to up to twenty three league goals and we may even hit thirty goals for the year. Wow. Yeah, right? Who would have seen that coming? So at uh, least at least if Villa do end up going down, they won't have the dubious record of least goals scored in a season. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I mean, that's just embarrassing. It is. Uh, so Manchester United was a wash. It was a thing that happened. We all expected the loss. The loss was maybe more stupid than we wanted, but it happened. Cool. QPR, um, 
everyone wanted and expected three points, and we got one. What about QPR's road form? That's two road matches in a row where they've scored numerous goals and actually looked pretty good. Yeah, both in the West Midlands. So luckily, um, Birmingham City and Wolves aren't in the division. <laughs> Otherwise, QPR had had at least four more points on the offing. Yeah. Yeah, or yeah, at least five more goals in them. Like, Christ. But I think <laughs> going back to the United match, I guess not really the match, but just that Saturday, all the results went against us. Or the that weekend match day thirty one, yeah. everything everything was bad except I guess except Hull losing to Swans. Yeah, it was um, the exact opposite of the weekend before, in which Villa lost, but thank God everyone else lost. Um, and now that looks even more important in retrospect. Uh, yeah, taking the point against it. Swansea would have been huge for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it's just everything went wrong. And the question is, does that sort of a thing happen this weekend too? Do things start to balance out? What What goes on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think – I mean, we'll get to Spurs later, but I think even if we – if we could get a point, that'd be massive. Oh, yeah, absolutely. At this point, a, a few more points here and there are going to help us out. Although the run-ins for the other clubs are not as hard as we want them to be, with the exception of, you know, Hull. Yeah, Hull, Hull's is bad. Sunderland's isn't good. Yeah. Um, and really, Leicester have the easiest one, but luckily, like we were talking about a little bit before the pod, they've kind of doomed themselves themselves because there's they're sitting on 22 points right now but uh we'll get we'll get to rooting interests later i guess but yeah sunderland they have crystal palace stoke southampton everton leicester and then arsenal and chelsea to finish it off i guess that's why i thought it was tough if i mean if they can they're gonna have to be safe by then or hope chelsea play all the all the youth teamers on the final day because because they've already won the league, I guess. But Yeah, absolutely. Um, although, you can just see Mourinho rubbing it in and just crushing Sunderland on that last day. Yeah, you, you could see Mourinho would go for that. Or if they're yeah. if they're at like 90 goals or something, he's like, we need 10 to get to the, the trophy for scoring 100 <laughs> goals. Oh, God. Um, I can see him doing that. That would be delightful. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I think we can briefly touch on the rooting interest for this weekend because we, we really do at this point, because of not getting anything against Swansea, of only getting one against QPR, um, it's no longer, we talk about rooting interest and boy, let's hope this works out. It's, we need to talk about these things because it may be the only way Villa survive. Um, you've got Sunderland hosting Crystal Palace this weekend. Crystal Palace have been decent lately. I think they should be able to do that, don't you think? They've been incredible lately. They beat City on Monday. Yeah, it's... And, uh, yeah, Pardew's completely turned them around. Which is incredible, given what Pardew was doing at Newcastle. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, he wasn't obviously as bad as Newcastle fans were saying he was. He was on a contract till 2019. He was handed like an eight-year contract, and that was always going to turn out badly. Yeah. And, I don't know. Maybe if he had got some more money there, he could have... I don't know. Once, once the fans turn on you, look at Lambert. It's the same situation. It's always going to go badly, but... Yeah, so we're hoping Crystal Palace can win. Uh, second weekend in a row, we got a root for West Brom. Christ, it worked out horribly last time. Yeah, no kidding. I There's a little part of me that just thinks West Brom is intentionally shipping goals to our rivals to see Villa go down. Yeah, I think they're already safe on 33, so... 
Yeah, although God knows it would be hilarious to see them nosedive and not get another point after giving up four to QPR. Oh, they deserve it for giving up four to QPR. Yeah, and and not having an answer, right? Yeah. Uh, but they, they take on Leicester City at the Hawthorns, uh, so come on, you baggies. Uh, Southampton host Hull City. Uh, and Hull, even though Southampton have been down lately, I think they should be able to handle Hull, especially at home. Yeah. Yeah, and Hull have been more down lately. Please, uh, Burn please, please, Southampton, please win. Yeah, uh, same for Arsenal, who are traveling to face Burnley. Arsenal have won seven in a row. I think that, I think they got it. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> uh, on Sunday, we've got QPR hosting Chelsea. Uh, maybe QPR have become a better road team than a home team. Maybe that's what we can hope for. Uh, Let's hope. So there's your rooting interest. You want Crystal Palace, West Brom, Southampton, Arsenal, and Chelsea to win. Um, and if any of that makes you feel dirty, just remember it's for the good of Villa. Yeah, perfectly clean. Yeah, absolutely. No no issues there. Um, so, yeah, they, those are your rooting interests. And hopefully it's not another weekend like last weekend. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to be around for the match on Saturday because I've got to go to a conference. So you can bet that I will be nervously checking my phone the entire morning. Hoping yeah. that I yeah, see so good news. Um, it's it's going to be rough. Uh, I I just I don't see much happening there. I th I mean it can't it can't go as poorly as last weekend is all. Is That's all the I, hope. Is all I can figure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about some of our reader questions today from? Yeah, Twitter? yeah, we got some some Twitter questions. Um. Along the lines of this, from John at Villa Forever, which games do you think will define whether we stay up? I think West Ham and Burnley are now must-wins. I wouldn't say necessarily West Ham's a must-win, but they're, we need to win another match as well as Burnley. Whether it's yeah. West Ham, Everton, Southampton, wherever the, wherever the points come from, we need to win another one in addition to the Burnley. On the final I actually game. think the games that define whether we stay up could be games that Villa have no involvement in. They could be matches like, you know, any of Hull City's run-in. They could be matches that happened this weekend. They could be West Brom helping us out. Or it could be Leicester already being sunk on the final day but beating QPR to make sure they stay down. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I'm not, point, sure, I'm not sure that Villa have their feet in their hands right now. Um, no, unless if, you can pull three wins, you know. Yeah, if if we end up going down, I think the answer to this question is going to be the game that defined whether or not we stayed up was uh, Lambert's last match against Hull. Or or not taking three points against QPR. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, yeah, even even if we would have taken a point against Hull and held them to a point, you know. Yeah, and that switches things entirely. That's the thing. I mean, QPR. It was big. I think the whole match was bigger. It flops everything around. It puts Hull deeper into the crap as they face one of the toughest run-ins we've seen in ages. Um, and it, it just totally changed the tenor of the season. Yeah, say uh, we'd taken a draw there, we'd be in 15th on 30 points, and Hull, while they'd still be in 17th, they'd only have 26, level with QPR and Burnley on points, just ahead of the yeah. difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think at the end of the season, we could look back and very, very much rue that whole match. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, it, that's a good point. It could be really tough. Um, yeah, another, another question 
from Mohammed at most square is tactics Tim the greatest tactician in the history of tacticians I mean I, I, I think we got to answer that when Ramsey destroyed him in the second half really yeah absolutely it's um you know the tactics Tim name is obviously ironic but good God yeah. he showed why he earned it this weekend um because he hasn't got a clue with the tactics. It, it's just he put his players I, I, like the, I think the diamond in the first half, we bossed the midfield. And it's true. I, I Yeah, I suppose you're right. He hasn't got a clue with adapting tactics. He can set up a nice starting position. Yeah, and maybe if, if QPR had switched before the break and he had 15 minutes to think about it, who knows. But yeah. it's, it's one of those things that you just get the sense that he'll put something out there and if it works he's happy and if not he's just like a frustrated small child who can't figure out why the thing he did isn't working yeah as we saw he demonstrated when he took off the gilet and whipped it at the, the uh, ad board yeah exactly after a goal that was weird yeah <laughs> um, well, it was it was it was heating up it was getting yeah. intense yeah, I, I mean that match. Oh man, as as a neutral, uh, no better entertainment than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You, if you're a neutral fan, you want nothing more than to see defenses just disappear and let the attacks boss it. Yep, that's what happened. And it, it was so perfect for that. Um, but yeah, tactics Tim is is really showing his true colors. It. I saw people on Twitter going, if we stay up next year, I hope Tactics Tim isn't around. And remember, we signed him for a four-year contract. This was my issue with signing the guy to four years when we did it. Uh, yeah, but maybe he was like, I'm only in it if you give me four years. But, I mean, I think I think that's really why a lot of people want the new, a new owner is because new owner, come in, clear house, whatever, pay off Sherwood, get your guy in. If Sherwood keeps us up, he deserves the buyout from if it's like – six million or whatever for the rest yeah. of the contract. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of new ownership, notice that miraculously, now that the international break is over, we haven't heard any more about those rumors that we heard over the international break. Surprise. Yeah, who would have guessed? Um, this is your, your semi-regular warning to never get excited about rumors in the British press. Or any press, really. Yeah, in any press. For or some reason... And, and God, I hope this doesn't come off as an attack against you know England in general. For some reason, the reporting in British papers seems far more spurious than sports reporting over here. Um, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just because I follow this much more closely than I do anyone else. But rumors seem to crop up with no corroborating evidence. Yeah, it's like you can just say something and then everyone doesn't really care, I guess, really. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of fascinating to me. Or maybe it's um, just because it's just that, just a rumor, I guess. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that could because be. It's, maybe because it's assumed that people understand. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's it's such a, let's create a commodity market that it's it's baffling to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, Tactics Tim had a, had a rough time. New ownership could maybe get done with him. Uh, if Randy Lerner's still around, I think we're stuck with him. Yeah, I think so. Um, and you but know, it would maybe be, it would be interesting him, to see what what he could do and uh, give him a transfer window and see how he wants to build the squad. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Um, I feel like Tim would be a really great assistant manager. Yeah, like motivate people, get them angry, get them riled up. Uh, Convince the boss to play the younger kids. 
Yeah, I'm just not convinced that he has the bona fides for a uh, for a full managing position. At least not now. No. He is young. Give him time. Yeah. I mean, he he has a chance to be better. Yeah, hope, uh, hopefully he learned something from the QPR game because, as we know, Villa plays Spurs this weekend. It's at White Hart Lane, which is actually the highest-scoring stadium in the Premier League this season. Kind of a weirdly really? worded, weirdly worded stat. I mean, I don't think the stadium scored fifty-one goals, but there have been fifty-one goals scored at the stadium this season. I had no idea that. That's kind of cool, actually. Um, yeah. Also, also the most first-half goals this season with twenty-seven, and as we know, Villa's score a lot in the first half, not a lot in the second half, but mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe times are changing after Benteke, after Benteke really, after he scored the penalty against West Brom, and then that saved us late, yeah. and now that this one. Benteke's becoming a second half machine. West Brom, Manchester United, QPR. Yeah, seven goals in five games now for him. He's up to nine for the year, and if someone's going to save us, it's going to be him, and at least he knows it. Yeah, absolutely, and he played like he knew it on on Tuesday. Um, one thing we didn't touch on before we go into Tottenham, I just want to point out, where in the hell did that free kick come from? Oh yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't believe we forgot about that. I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, Nzogbia won it, and I was like, well, Nzogbia will hit it because it was more in the position for a lefty to hit it, anyways. Yeah, and go, then Benteke <laughs> I didn't know he could do that. No, he's never shown any reason to think he could do that. It's just the classic. Guy come guy has two goals and he's just in the mood and just feeling it and strokes it off the post and in. It's like Yeah, and what are you gonna do? Are you gonna say no to the man who has two goals and is murdering QPR players? No, because he's gonna murder you as well. Yeah, exactly. No way in hell I say no. Even if I think I'm the better person, I'm like, well, I don't know, Christian, and then he'll just glare at me and I cower and run away and yeah, he does that. Straight to the dressing room. Yeah, exactly. Um I had no idea he had that ability in his foot. No. It was gorgeous, just beautiful. Yeah, I was I was shocked that it went in. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, absolutely. And and even if he hadn't hit the post, he had a couple of uh, a couple of feet worth of room in which to hit that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it looked like Green had no idea that was coming either. No, maybe Green expected him to smash it into the upper right corner rather than or yeah. something, you know. I, I was kind of expecting him to like just drive it into the wall and possibly kill a QPR player with a really powerful shot, but you know, no <laughs> shoot, it, shoot it at them and try to get handball for a penalty. <laughs> just upgrade your set pieces. <laughs> Keep moving forward <laughs> ever so slightly. Um, but yeah, it, it was an absolutely beautiful free kick. Yeah, I think God Bakuna had been subbed off because he would have had it or Oh yeah. You know, but um, and not that Bakuna's bad at free kicks, but but, but Benteke like won it. Yeah. He, 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 he got that goal. Now I kind of want to see if he can do more of them. Yeah, I think I think he's on free kick duty now. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way you take him off after that duty. No. Um, uh, but yeah, so, okay, Spurs. Again, we don't make predictions, but if we were, would you ever predict a win? No, just, just because um, here's another stat. Villa have conceded three goals in each of their last two games, but, oh, no, sorry, I thought I was going to say that at White Hart Lane because we've scored just six in our last 12 against Spurs. No, that's Never more bad. than once in a game. Well, uh, maybe. Lost the last five against Spurs. Yeah, I mean, we just, we don't beat Spurs is the problem. No, 
And it's it's irritating because of the big teams, Spurs strike me as the most consistently beatable. Yeah, but like they always have their off days against teams different than us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They always seem to show up for the uh, Villa match, and God knows they're going to be motivated to show up against Sherwood. Yeah, like they just they just drew Burnley nil nil, and then the week before they shipped three to Leicester and barely yeah. hung on just because they scored four because Harry Kane. But I don't know. yeah. I don't Maybe Tim Sherwood's going to have some great motivation to uh, get the lads riled up. Uh, there are some, some insider info. <laughs> His insider info is going to be on the whiteboard. Harry Kane is good. It was my doing. Oh, my God. It's like, like Harry Kane's going to score five, and he's going to be like, you know, I'm the one who put Harry Kane in there, isn't it? Like, <laughs> like not even care about the result, not care that Villa just got shredded for five goals. Yeah. By Harry Kane, the yeah, hurricane. That, but that was all my doing. Yep, I did, guys, I did it. You're I, welcome. I feel like that's going to be the extent of Sherwood's team talk. Kane is pretty good, guys. I did it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I see opportunity here because Spurs really have not looked good in their past couple of matches. I could see a point being a possibility and, here. And uh, their goalie Hugo Lloris might miss just because he got stitches in his knee last week. Mm-hmm. And he's he's a great keeper. He's always making great saves. And Vorm, while he's a good backup, um, and probably will be the starter because I think Loris is going to Real next year. Um, he just hasn't played that much this year, which is why you just worry that he could make an error or something, you know. Yeah, absolutely. If Villa are able to nick a point from this, I see it being something along the lines of the QPR match because. The Tottenham defense, you know, letting up as many as they did to Leicester is a bad sign. Um, and and the Villa defense are going to take some work to recover from what they put in on Tuesday. Uh, so I could see it being sort of a thrilling, you know, multi-goal match. Yeah, I, th- I think there there will definitely will be goals in it. It won't be it won't be Spurs winning at one nil. Yeah, cut to Spurs winning at one nil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. It just it, it feels inevitable that we're going to get our hopes up a little bit and think maybe this is a chance and then it'll be some sort of a big letdown. Yeah, a point would be huge, but like yeah, like like what you're saying, what are we going to score early and then it will be inevitably far too early, like in the tenth minute, giving Spurs <laughs> time to to turn on the attack for eighty minutes, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you don't want to see the attack turned on with Harry Kane bearing down at you. No, and I mean if if you get it to half nil nil, great. Sing half, anything's possible, I guess. Yeah, it's, I don't know, I, it's hard to be too excited about this match. I'm in, in a way, I'm sort of glad that I kind of have to miss this match because, yeah, it's one of those things that I think is just going to punch us in the gut. Yeah, we, we hope not, but. I honestly think that if you're watching to see Villa's fate this weekend, you would probably do better to watch some of the other matches. Yeah, you think what well, you think so? Like watching, like, trying to watch the teams around us. Yeah, watch watch uh, West Brom try to beat someone. You know, it just because I, I honestly don't see Villa getting watch West out. Brom try to beat someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically it's like watching a child try to achieve something and wondering why it doesn't work. Oddly, how that keeps coming up. Um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly, I feel like this is, I'm writing this down as a loss. If something happens, neat. 
Uh, I think the more important matches, quite honestly, are the matches of the other relegation contenders. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if if Palace, Palace, if they could be, beat Sunderland, that'd be huge. It would be absolutely massive. If QPR can lose again this weekend, you know, regain their losing form, that would be a joy. Yeah, ex- yeah. Go back to that. Uh, let Leicester lose, for God's sake. I just yeah, yeah. Leicester just even one or two more losses, and they're going to be almost mathematically out of it. You know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and so we're getting close there. It just, I'm, I, I, I can't see Villa getting much out of this. Yeah, and I know I've been saying for a while, but I'm going to start my doing my relegation poaching series again that I did last year, looking at teams below us and who we'd like to pick from them should they go down, and obviously one on Villa should we yeah. go down. Who would everyone want to pick from us? But um, I guess one one final thing I wanted to touch on before the end of the show was uh, Carlos Heel. He was out of the out of the 18, but played in the U21 game with. Libor Kozak. I mean, I didn't want to talk about Heal because he's obviously not in Sherwood's plans, but it's good to see Kozak back getting some game time. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and and there's hope that, you know, maybe Kozak makes it back in time for the FA Cup uh, semifinal. And if not, you know, if he's playing with the U21s, I think we can expect him back for maybe not Tottenham, but the Man City match perhaps. Yeah, possibly. Um, God, that sucks. Tottenham, then Man City. Hey, Man uh, City have looked terrible lately, so... Yeah, they have, but again... They only beat us by one. Gonna, yeah, exactly. Um, e- even a terrible Man City is better than this Ashton Villa. Yeah, generally. Um, but yeah, Kozak played, and it would be wonderful to see him back, although it doesn't feel like as desperate of a need as it did a month and a half ago. No, it didn't, and, that, and that's just because Benteke's been on fire. Yeah, it would be better yeah. if Kozak could, you know, play defense or something right now. Yeah, I don't know. With the the way injuries have been going, defense maybe we'll need another center back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it is good to see him back. It is undoubtedly a good thing to have him back as an option. Uh, to know that if one of Gabby or Benteke isn't firing, our first choice isn't Andy Vyman. Yeah, or, I mean, even just someone to push Vyman in training or something because, you know, if it's, there's always better to have squad competition. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know you said one final point, but I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that uh, we now know our FA Cup semifinal opponent. Yeah, I, I had that on the agenda like midway through it, but we totally just skipped it. Yeah, I, that, that was my fault. My apologies. So, Liverpool, hooray. Yeah, who, uh, they didn't look stunning against Blackburn in either leg. No, like, not at all. Coutinho, uh, solo goal, and Mignolet rudely denying Blackburn's goalie a goalie goal in stoppage time. Oh, my God. It would have been brilliant if that had happened. It uh, was a good would've... shot. It was a strong shot, but it was just right at him. It was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, there probably would have been a pitch invasion, and we would have returned to the Dark Ages. Uh, yeah, well, it would have had to go to extra time first. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> you know, at that point. They abandoned the match. Yeah, exactly, and and the dark ages, and no one gets to go to the semifinals, and um, oh yeah, no, so I guess playing... Villa are just through to the final. <laughs> Damn, uh, but yeah, we're playing Liverpool. Uh, if there's any good news, it's not Liverpool at Villa Park. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Who's Liverpool away from not Villa at Anfield. Yeah, that's true. Uh, which which would be wonderful. Christian Benteke at Anfield. I think uh, I think we'll settle just... for the neutral Wembley with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and it feels like it's a winnable match. Um, it's oh, it's not one that you go into with a ton of confidence, but it doesn't feel like if we had drawn Arsenal. No, no, no. And yeah, the Arsenal's the form team in the league right now, and looking to go back to back in the FA Cup after not winning a trophy for ten years. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and hopefully Villa can stop them from doing that. Um, I I actually have high hopes for that match, and and I know I'm gonna rue saying that, but that's okay. I have high hopes. I think we can actually get something. No matter what happens, it's still good to get to Wembley for all the fans that are going. That are going. It'll be a fun day, and just a win would really just cap it off, I guess. It does make me think. We were talking earlier that Vlar and Baker might be good for Tottenham. Uh, might be even better because it prevents Clark from picking up that tenth yellow. I guess so. Yeah, you said you wanted Clark to get a yellow a couple games ago, so he w- would be available for the FA Cup match, but. And he didn't, so now he can't get that yellow if we want him for that FA Cup match. Uh, And I honestly think that maybe a a Vlar-Baker pairing would be better against Spurs than would be a, if it's, you know, Clark-Vlar, which was terrible. Too bad Senderos is injured. We know he's good at kicking forwards like Balotelli. Just (laughs) kick Harry Kane to death and then get subbed off with the yellow. Yeah, totally worth it. All right, well, kind of got carried away a little bit at the end there, but... Um, that's that's really it for this week's whole cast. Remember, we're still on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. So subscribe there. And uh, ne- yeah, neither Robert nor I will be around on Saturday, but we still will have lineups for you and a post-match reaction as well as all the all the other normal stuff on 7500tohold.com. So for Robert, I'm Jack, and thanks for listening to the whole cast. <laughs>